1: My friends, I am Vivian McPeak, and this is the Hemp Present Resistance. I am the executive director of the world's largest annual cannabis policy reform event, the Seattle HempFest. Speak and flower to power for 29 years and found at hempfest.org. I am also the author of the book, Protestable, a 20-year retrospective of Seattle HempFest, also found at hempfest.org. This show is a weekly reef for Radio Rebellion where I speak with some of the principal risk takers, movers, and shakers and history makers of the cannabis industry, culture, and reform movement, and beyond. If you have feedback or would like to suggest a guest or topic for Hemp Present, email me at hemppresent at gmail.com. Today's guest on Hemp Present is Cheyenne Stella. A Kentucky born, Seattle raised singer songwriter and multi genre music artist with over 15 years producing, recording, and performing rock and roll, hip hop, soul, blues, and jazz music in the United States, Canada, and Mexico. Cheyenne has shared the stage and worked with many world famous talents from all genres of music, such as Robin Thicke, Seal, Ludacris, and beyond. Cheyenne is also the founder and CEO of Brave New World, where he's built a boutique entertainment firm, combining a record label, music and film production, marketing and management divisions, having recently completed a TV pilot for a new docuseries based on his life and career. Cheyenne is also working on a variety of TV, film and multimedia projects, and he's joining me today to tell you all about it. Welcome, Cheyenne, to Cannabis Radio.
0: Hey, it's a pleasure to be here, brother. Big, big, big props to you, man. I'm excited to be, be on and chat and catch up with you.
1: Right on, man. Uh, so much has happened since the last time we talked. Um, Cheyenne, let's just start out with: How did you form your relationship with music? At what point in your life, and from what influences were you exposed to music? When did you know that you were going to be an artist?
0: And that's an that's an amazing question, and it's it's a trip because you think I'd be able to just rip this right off the head, but <laughs> I, I always fumb, I always fumble with it every time I, I'm kind of asked about it, and the reason why is because I grew up in an athletic family um, where the arts was just kind of second nature. Being a Northwest kid, and and you know this from being around Seattle culture, sports is like the predominant, you know, rah-rah, all the hype and all the resources and accolades and things are typically generated around sports. And so music um, is one of those things that's just always been mostly underground. So that it was that case in my family. But my pops is a record collector, man, so... This guy's got you know somewhere around 20,000 pieces. Like he he collected everything from blues, rock and roll, jazz, gospel, country and western, you know, bluegrass stuff, all the way to the, the Elvis kind of pop swing country stuff, on into um, you know heavy rock, black rock and roll, the Chuck Berry era, James Brown, so on and so forth. So I had a very musical rich history, and growing up in that environment. Kind of planted the seeds for me to be an artist, and then I, I was fortunate to have a grandmother that produced plays and shows. And so every time, every weekend, we we're at grandma's house. There was always a production. There was always performance going on. Um, so I would say that I, I got my start right out of the womb, man, and, and having to participate with my brothers and cousins and performing and whatnot. And but you know that was that was the link. It was deeply emotional, deeply familial. It's a big, big part of my culture, my experience growing up. Um, I have a huge appreciation for music, um, and in and, and all regards, and I'm just blessed, man, that I, I got that rich history by some people that loved it to the point that they invested in it like that and, and made it part of the household.
1: You know, I really relate with that, Cheyenne, because my dad also was a avid record collector and had the the wall of records, right? And so, that that <laughs> of course exposed me as well and influenced me very strongly. So I, I can I can relate to that identify with that you you also have an incredible drive you know you're just always involved in so many ventures working on multiple projects and you always keep a strong focus on community um well let me and kind of in that vein where did you get your business savvy from or or who or what were your primary influences that contributed to this business acumen that you display
0: yeah i i think um, you know well really you know the, the the drive is a big part of it because you know, being an athlete, you grow up with uh, with a competitive nature already, um, and and despite your talent level, there's always this sense of you know you got to do more, you got to you got to compete harder. And I was fortunate to compete at the national level in multiple sports. But by the time I was you know 13, 14 years old, and so that work ethic uh, was deeply rooted in me. I come from one of the first black immediate families. In fact, we are the first black extended family of my hometown in Federal Way. My grandmother migrated in the 70s and brought all her children grandchildren um, and her sister and all her kids and grand we, we all came down at the same time. And so, you know, just that having that um, that drive, man, and and, you know, wanting to just compete and be noticed and express and coming from a culture that lo- allows you to express. That was a big part of it, but that led me into having to study and figure things out. And so early on in my career. Um, I, I you know, I was kind of indoctrinated into coaching, mentorship. So I've always loved situations where there's leadership and there's passion and there's motivated uh individuals, you know, trying to make things happen. I always kind of, you know, um uh, magnetized it to to that kind of stuff. And um that's where I kind of, you know, figured it out. I Man, I, I didn't want to get into music and have anything to do with business. My whole thing was hey, I just wanna be on stage and do what I do, but it just so happened that you know, I got into the infrastructure of things and how things worked, and how do I protect myself in a contract? And that just opened Pandora's box, bro. Like that, that took me on a, on a, on a journey that was, uh, just incredible. So it's, it's made it. So it's been very difficult, uh, but at the same time, very rewarding and fulfilling because I've been able to give that information and that knowledge, um, back to my community and all the communities I get to be a chance to be a part of around this country. Um, But I I never set out to get into business. It's just something that kind of happened as a point of survival along the way. And speaking of your drive, you are the CEO of Brave New World that you refer to
1: as a, quote, boutique entertainment firm, uh, combining a record label, music and film production, marketing and management divisions. Tell us about Brave New World. What does the name imply and, and what are you up to, man? What do you got going on these days?
0: Man, that's that's a great question. So the whole Brave New World thing we actually started. A buddy of mine, when I first got to L.A., we were just thinking of different crews we could name our, you know, our, uh, grab a name for different rap crews. Like, we, we were fumbling with all these different ideas, and my guy was like, man, Brave New World would be a dope name because that's, you know, that kind of uh, suggests what we were about. Now, mind you, we were all hip. You know, to the Brave New World book and this whole this whole culture of, you know, robotics and programmed individuals and so on and so forth. So I looked at it like I want to have the spirit of something that's counterculture. I refuse to be that robot dude. I, I want to be in the spirit of who I am. I want to live in the now. And so our version of Brave New World is, you know, we take whatever it is we have right in front of us and we make something of it. No complaint, no issue. We, we, we jump right into You know being able to take survival to thrival man and so that that kind of was the spirit it was born from and we got so much going on right now i just did a new movie soundtrack for a film that features omar gooding um uh called the familiar lie it's out on netflix right now out on amazon uh and and you know me viv i i i don't try to do things that i can't um give back to the community in some way shape or form so every every deal i do i try to create some kind of mechanism where i get to host a workshop or uh, i bring something back to the community raise a youngster up give them an opportunity whatever it is an event um, i still got uh you know the big partnership with starbucks we're still finalizing those projects from that experience i got a new podcast myself getting ready to uh come out next month and um you know, and I'm busy in the studio, man. And I got a lot of business endeavors going on outside of Brave New World. Actually, you know, jumping back into some of the spaces going on in, in, in cannabis. Um, and, you know, just being able to kind of tie the knots and make sense of all the things I've been passionate about. And uh, it's working out for me so far.
1: Let's talk about your podcast. Uh, we believe in a little honest competition here at Hepresent. Present. Uh, in this November, you're going, be, <laughs> you're going to be launching a new podcast show. Um, what's it called? What's it going to be about, man? Uh, Spill the beans.
0: Yeah, it's, it's just going to be called Life, man. I, it actually started from I had a radio show about 10 years ago in, in the Seattle area. And um, it was really, really cool. Super successful show. I brought on in individuals like yourself. You're one of my best interviews uh, back in those days and um, basically taking elements of my network and bringing them on for in-depth conversations and talking about remedies and solutions and whatever's going on in, in the world of things. And, um, and basically the podcast is gonna kind of do the same thing just in a, in a more modern fashion, uh, try to peel back the banana if you would, on how do we get things done? How do we progress society? How do we move through politics and still be impassioned about family and community and culture? Um, you know, how do we survive this thing? And so, I'm taking all the areas of life that I'm dealing in, from entertainment to uh, to business, to community, to politics, and you know, creating a couple of hot seats for people to just get on there, man, and and, and let it rip. But I'm I'm super excited about it. It's been a long time in the making, and and as ironic as it may sound, you know, this whole COVID pandemic, um, has forced me to get back to a lot of rooted stuff that I was doing before, um, from a production standpoint, you know, where I can, you know, kind of control, um, our ability to produce and produce efficiently. So, uh, the podcast was kind of a natural step to all the other things we're doing in film.
1: Right on, man. Um, as usual, man, you you got your uh, you got your foot in a lot of projects. Um, We're going to take a quick break here. Word from our sponsors and advertisers. Don't go anywhere. We're going to come back with our second segment with hip hop artist and
2: entrepreneur extraordinaire Cheyenne Sela. Time to roll out for the people that let us present. Hang loose. We're coming right back.
0: Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or
1: find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up
0: Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat.
2: We're back to Hempresent, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak.
1: And we're back with Cheyenne Selah. Uh, Cheyenne, you have performed at events like Seattle Hemp Fest and many community events, and you've developed a unique and resilient brand. Can you describe how do you see your brand in your eyes? What does Cheyenne Selah stand for? What is the image you're trying to present to the world? How would you wish your fans and others to
0: see you? Uh, you know, if I did one word, it, brother, it, it would be soul. Just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just living through my soul, man. You know, things that I feel... Um, are, are important um, causes that I feel are important things that affect people, uh, particularly those, um, you know, that are, you know, undermined, overlooked, uh, under-resourced, uh, or, or don't have the access to, you know, knowledge and information. Or if they do have access to knowledge and information, they don't have an environment uh, around them where they can cultivate it and and synthesize it. And so I've always been fond of uh, anything that, that was of that space because, man, that, you know, that's to be real. That's what it is to be, you know, a black man in America. That's what it is to be someone that um, is, is driven by passion in America or is someone that's a, that's a great idealist and is doing something uh, different like yourself. You know, the culture that, uh, that you were able to spearhead and, and put your soul energy behind has become, you know, hemp fest. You know, that's a phenomenal tribute to what happens when you live through the soul and And basically, I'm of the same, I'm of the same ilk, and so I've always appreciated uh, that kind of work. And I've always wanted to, do, you know do whatever I could to uh, add value uh, at, and at the same time, you know be able to bring something back to the culture, bring, bring something back home that says there's people in the world doing phenomenal things, despite where they may be. Um, it, it resourcefully despite whatever odds are against them uh, they still wake up every day to go make something happen and uh, and, and you know I want to be a part of that game it's just it's just the way I see life so I've been been fortunate enough and 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 cursed enough through those endeavors <laughs> to appreciate it uh, at its maximum as as you know man you know when you're setting out to do something um, you don't always see all the things in the road that lie ahead and obstacles and and, uh, that journey is a very, very deep thing. Uh, you know, the people that come and go and all that stuff, uh, is a big part of it. And so you, you gotta be resilient. So, you know, I, I think being soulful is, is, is resiliency at, at its finest, uh, level. Cause it's not about trying to, trying to make yourself make sense to people. Um, it's just about adding value to life and value to humanity and value to the planet. So that's where I'm at, bro. And and on that note, you
1: have carved what you call a unique niche in progressive outreach for youth with your nonprofit organization, the Cheyenne, the Cheyenne Salah Foundation. Tell us about the foundation. What's the mission? What, what's the goals and what projects you got going on?
0: Man, I love it. Thank you for, for asking about that. That is probably like the, uh, man, that that is the epicenter uh, of <laughs> of my soul work because it's like and, and, and you know how it is, man, you find even no matter what the business endeavor is, you find that sweet spot that's like, OK, here's total, total why I do this. Um, and for me, that's my hometown community uh, in Federal Way. I wanted to create something, a, a foundation that allowed me to constantly be able to give back without encumbrance, without all the red tape, without having to ask permission and get to say so from so and so and so and so. And God bless everybody that's in the game. But sometimes there's just too many people in the way just to help someone, man. So it's like I, ha- I had to move in, in that direction. and um, I, was, uh, I was blessed, man, to be able to tie in with my local school districts and uh, political friends um, that had a uh, you know kind of a common thread in what it is I was trying to do, essentially taking kids and moving them into different aspects of stuff. So I take my life and I kind of mirror it to them. I bring them out on corporate campuses. Um, I go to their schools and host workshops and I show the nature of the deals that I do. So whether I've done something with Universal Music or I've done it with Starbucks or Verizon uh, or I'm getting ready to go do something um, with Hemp Fest, I'm, I'm able to open the door up and say, here's what the nature of that is. And no, you don't have to sell your soul in this life to be successful. And no, you don't have to, you know, go through all of this, you know, boogeyman stuff uh, you know, to have a life and it doesn't make you weak to want to help people either. Uh, and believe it or not, there's some folks sitting around behind different desks that that can get it. And, and so I try to bring that lane to it and bring it to my community. And my foundation is, is, uh, the facilitator of, of, of all those endeavors. So we've, we've had some, some wonderful uh, success in doing it right now. We're getting ready to launch uh, a new campaign called the artist workshop. Um, that is going to be a platform, kind of a, a micro music convention for young artists, uh, not just people trying to play music, Viv, but um, folks that may be interested in marketing, publicity. Um, you know, one of the things that, that has ran the Northwest Drive for all of its wonderful talent is that it never built a um, a business infrastructure. Um, so, you know, we don't have a thousand music publishers around town or 20, you know, Uh, 20,000, you know, management agencies and production houses. And so when when you don't have that, you don't have people looking for talent. But we have a lot of kids out here. We got a lot of youth and young adults that are very creative and well-organized and and passionate and believe in things. Um, And I think that's why we lead the world a lot of times in progressive culture. Um, So I'm trying to use the Artist Workshop through the foundation to set up infrastructure for business building. We've been able to partner with UW and PLU. Um, and other major institutions to provide certifications for people that want a certification in in business management, music management, agent work, um, all that stuff, man. So I'm super proud about uh, what the foundation is doing and and in conjunction with the Artist Workshop.
1: Uh, Speaking of progressive uh, culture, we are experiencing a tremendous international focus on racial disparities and injustice in this nation in the form of the Black Lives Matter movement. How does it make you feel to see this growing awareness of the failures of our criminal justice system to protect and include African-American communities. Does the the BLM movement bring you hope? What are your thoughts about that?
0: Well, um, as you know, man, I've been in this mix uh, for a long time and and raising these issues, uh, particularly through the racial disparity lens. Um, You know, the short of it is, it's disgusting that human beings have not figured out a way um, how to holistically repair, um, you know, the damage that's been done to an entire culture, uh, the lack of respect uh, for the transatlantic uh, slave trade, America's role in slavery, um, and and all the horrific tentacles that come with that, that actually impede um, the culture of Black people uh, worldwide, if you would. You're talking psychological effects. Economic effects, biological effects, uh, you're talking cultural effects, religious effects. Uh, it, you know, any and everything that would you know comprise the totality of a human being has been has been grossly impacted, and and most of it hard to scale, even even you know with the best of of, of analysis, obviously. And so, yeah. I, I think something like B. I, I think something like BLM happens when when you're when you're not dealing with. When you're not dealing with what's right before you in the culture, um, there's always going to be uprising. There's always going to be a culture that comes in and says, okay, you know what? And, and, and I mean, no offense when I say this, but you know I, I'm a former education chair of the Seattle NAACP, but all of our conventional organizations, your NAACPs, your urban leagues, um, and, and so on and so forth, uh, they hold the kind of the original constituency for these matters. BLM just said, "Hey, we're hip hop. We, we're gonna step out. We're, we're not. We're not necessarily well organized. We don't got well oiled leadership. We're just fed up." Um, and so I think it's just a um, it's just a natural consequence of when things don't get handled decade after decade after decade. And so um, I, I am hyper alert and uh, watching this unfold. And of course, I'm staying true to my own efforts. Um, and I've been involved in this stuff for over two decades now. Um, but I, I find it um, I find it fascinating uh, to say the least, to see uh, the era that we are in and see the masks um, you know, no pun intended with the with the current pandemic culture, but to see the mask the masks removed um, off of people and where they really stand with racial and social justice issues. Um, has just been a whole new awakening for me, bro. I, I can't even totally express right on, to you man. without taking up the next 45 minutes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right on, man. And I, I share that with you. It's it's just really exciting and, and invigorating, inspiring to see what's going on. Um, and we don't have 45 minutes because I do have to go to a break, uh, but don't go anywhere. We're going to come back with our final questions for Cheyenne Salah.
2: Time to roll out for the people that let us present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Garden centers throughout North America, and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you, or order yours online at SmartPots.com. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak.
1: We're back on Hemp Present with Cheyenne Salah. Um, Cheyenne, man, you know. It's always so good to talk to you, man. I just really identify with you, your heart and soul in in such a strong way. always have. That's why we've always gotten along, I think. Um, We have a couple more minutes left to talk. I know that you have some other projects you're working on. Is there anything you'd like to add while we still have a few minutes?
0: Hey, yeah, absolutely, man. First of all, I just want to thank you for for having me on, man. It's it's always great to catch up with you. I love all my soul assassins around the world, man. You're, You're definitely... Uh, one of the top of the ilk brothers. So hats off to you, man, and to the show. Um, there's 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 lots going on, obviously, but uh, I think one of the things I'm pretty excited about right now, we got a new group that's moving into the uh, cannabis space uh, to do some things. Uh, uh, we're developing our partnership for acquisition. Got a group called Botanical that, that we've put together um, that we're super excited about to get into the dispensary side, as well as um, some of the things that I, I think have always been kind of shelled out of the community, you know, information, you know, with, with, what's going on with with politics, what's going on with uh, the criminology and criminality side of, uh, of of the culture, and who are those waymakers and stuff, and and uh, so we're excited about having an organization that's going to have a little bit of community feed and build an awesome brand at the same time. Uh, so that that's at the top of the ladder, man, and then of course. Everything on the film and and music side. I'm I'm wrapping up the Cafe Noir project. Uh, There's been a long running series with Starbucks. Um, I'm working with my friends at Gordon Brothers on the new Disney Pixar film with Jamie Foxx called Soul. uh, And the promotional development of a hat that they're they're creating for him and his character. Um, Lots of wonderful things going on, man. Anybody that wants to just stay in touch with me or stay hip, man, I'm at www.cheyannesalah.com. That's S-H-Y-A-N-S-E-L-A-H.com. Or you can go to the Salah Foundation and check out my community efforts uh, with the local kids in my hometown, a federal way and throughout King County. And that's the Salah Foundation.org. So the S-E-L-A-H Foundation.org. And Viv, like I said, man, I love you, brother. Hats off to you. I thank you for giving me a little bit of time to share a little bit of my soul and spirit with, with your audience, man. And I'll, I'll be sure to make sure that everyone in my world is hip to what it is that you got going on here with him present.
1: All right, man. You stay strong, my brother. Thanks so much for being on the show.
0: Absolutely. Peace, bro. Peace.
1: Now I'm going to get to a weekly feature for him present on CannabisReader.com. That's the quote of the week. And here it is. In the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. And those are the immortal words of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. That concludes this installment of Zen on oh. Cannabis Radio. I want to thank Brasco, my man in the control room, and all the Cannabis Radio sponsors and advertisers. Join me next week for some more reefer okay. repartee and cannabis confabulation with some special hemposapien on a journey to justice as we silence the violence, increase the peace, and promote unity in the cannabis community with impunity, because when it comes to prohibition, you have the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice, so find your voice and speak up for justice, because resistance is fertile. Till then, my friends, stay strong, stand tall, and take it easy, and don't forget that the Hempresent theme song is sung by T. by Stickerbush. Turn up the music maestro, because I think I'm out. Marijuana!